Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radioland. Mark Striegel, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. So glad to be back with my friends, the Talking Metal Heads, that's you guys, and I appreciate all the support you're giving me on Patreon, on Twitter. Yeah, keep retweeting, guys, you know, I love it, I love it, let's get the word, uh, fumbling my words here, I love it, let's get the word out about Talking Metal, 
here we are going on 15 years. Next year will be 15 years of Talking Metal. We got to do something special for that, right? I don't know what that will be. Maybe end the whole thing. <laughs> I'm so busy, guys. I'm trying to keep up with you guys. Uh, I still love doing it. It is still a labor of, of love. So anything you can do to support what we, uh, what we, what I, what I do here, you know, along with my friends, sometimes astronomy's here, sometimes Emily's here, sometimes we have Victor Ruiz, but anything you can do to support me, like join me on Patreon or use our Amazon links. If you live in the UK, Canada, or the, uh, United States, please use those Amazon links. It's, it's Christmas time, guys. It's, uh, Hanukkah time. Let's use the... Amazon links to buy gifts, okay? Just go to talkingrock.net or talkingmetal.com and find the find the Amazon links there. You just link over to Amazon. And then just go about your shopping as you normally would. That is enormously helpful and I appreciate that. So uh, of course there's old school pay- PayPal donations that we appreciate. You know, the PayPal links are also on the site. And uh, what else? And uh ugh. I don't know. There's other ways. you. Oh, buy a t-shirt. Talking Metal t-shirts. We still got them. The hoodies, I believe, are finally sold out. I may have one left. I'm not sure. But uh, the t-shirts we still have. So, yeah, man, that was Sean Baker. I love that guy's playing. Go check out all his work. Um, not all of it is up there on the streaming services, but I think there's at least two of his his albums up there. Sean Baker, Which Way to Radioland. A lot of other great songs by him. So definitely uh, go check out the Sean Baker Orchestra on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, uh, you know Amazon Music, however you get your your streaming music. Go check out the Sean Baker Orchestra. And let's speaking of shredders, let's go back to some Tony McAlpine from 1986. The way I remember it, I mean, I remember when, you know, we we had like Randy Rhodes and of course Van Halen kind of gave birth to this new style of playing guitar, in my opinion. And, you know, the way it played out in, in public was, you know, that was followed by Randy Rhodes and George Lynch and Warren D. Martini kind of uh, going down that same path, picking up the, the ball that, that Van Halen had started rolling with his just really revolutionary style of guitar. But, you know, then we got Engve at some point. And Engve was a very different player. Uh, you know, that caused me to go back and rediscover Aldi Miola, who was doing some jazz fusion shredding back in the 70s. You know, I, I really got into Aldi Miola for a while. But, but you know, Engve was revolutionary too. Um, maybe not quite as popular or uh, influential as Van Halen or Randy, but definitely change the game a little bit, you know? I mean, that's that's just how it was. Sometimes when we look back at things through the eyes of history, uh, we don't see how it actually played out. I remember talking to Kurt Loder once saying, oh man, Hendrix, that must have been crazy. You saw Hendrix in concert. Uh, it must have been a game changer. And, he's, and he kind of downplayed it. He was like, well, you know, when I saw Hendrix, you got to remember in the late in the late sixties, in the mid sixties, the the PA systems weren't that good. You know, he almost downplayed it like it wasn't such a mind blowing experience for him to see Hendrix on stage, which maybe maybe that's the way it was in 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 real life. You know, maybe maybe it was. I, I don't know. I wasn't there, and I know some of you people weren't there in the eighties. But let me tell you, Engve was a, a a game changer in the guitar world in the metal world um 
you know, not the game changer that Van Halen was. Definitely not. But he was a game changer. So anyways, because he was original. Let's face it. You know, there was no one. People are like, well, Blackmore. No, Blackmore wasn't playing like freaking Engve. Engve was an original. And whatever you want to say about the guy, I love his playing. I think he can shred. He has emotion. Some people are like, oh, he plays the same link licks over and over again. Who cares? He sounds great, man. He's he's awesome. He's awesome. And and you can't play like that. Most people can't play like that. He's he was he he expanded the boundaries of rock guitar playing for sure. And on the tales of Engve, the first two people I remember coming after Engve who were kind of doing that same style which they called at the time it was referred to neoclassical uh neoclassical some called it neoclassical metal neo neoclassical fusion i heard both those terms back in the day but but there were two guys i, I believe it was tony mcalpine was the first guy i bought his edge of its uh, edge of insanity record which was out on shrapnel because mike varney who ran the shrapnel labels the guy who discovered angve you know he 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 was and Sean Baker for for that uh, many years later for that matter. But anyways, yeah, Mike Varney was this guy. Look him up on Wikipedia. He he really was the guy who uh, brought in this neoclassical movement. And the after Engve, the two guys I remember, and I believe it was Tony McAlpine first with the Edge of Insanity record, and then Vinnie Moore shortly after that. Those were kind of and then, yeah, Paul Gilbert was in there. You know he was doing. He wasn't quite as like classical driven, um, and McAlpine wasn't really either. I think Vinnie Moore was when he came out. He was more, in some ways, uh, Angve clone, if you will. I mean, no disrespect, but at that time, I mean, the kid was probably like nineteen years old, you know. But but Tony McAlpine kind of had a little bit more of the jazz fusion thing happening at times. Like he felt. That at least the Edge of Insanity record felt a little more original to me, and I loved that record. It was Billy Sheehan on bass and uh, Steve, what's the guy from Journey? Steve Smith, right? Steve Smith from Journey on drums. The musicianship was just crazy. Anyways, this is a song I used to love off of that album that I had on vinyl. It's called The Stranger, and again, it's Tony McAlpine from 1986.
little Tony McAlpine here on Talking Metal. My name is Mark Striegel. Thanks for supporting me. Why don't you um, do me a favor? Connect me with me on uh, on Twitter. It is uh, twitter.com slash talking metal. And uh, let people know you listen to the podcast. Send out a tweet. Hey, you know, one of my favorite podcasts or a podcast I listen to each each week is at Talking Metal. And send it out. I'll try to retweet that. Um, sometimes I miss my notifications, but I'm pretty good at it. And I did want to mention to uh, my good friend Patrick on Patreon, I haven't forgotten that you want to interview with Brian from Diamond Head, and I'm going to work on that. But it's been so, my life, it, it, I feel like I'm at this weird place in my life. Like, some of the old clothes don't fit anymore, you know? Uh, and that's a metaphor. I, I mean that. It's just like, you know, I don't know. I got a big birthday, I have to admit, coming in a few weeks. So I'm just thinking of things a little differently and... Maybe you guys can be my my shrink for a moment here because I, I it's like it's like I've I've taken up a couple jobs. I had a job earlier this year that I quit. I did one of those things I've never done this before. Like the day of, I was just like, I quit, goodbye, and it was kind of liberating. But it was a job that was like way below my my pay grade. I mean, I made pretty good money in the TV business, you know. But it was it was a retail job, way below my pay grade. But I kind of took it just as a hoot. And I was there like two or three months and left. And I've taken another retail job, which also is kind of below my pay grade. But I actually like the job itself. The hours aren't great, but I, I love the job it's, itself. It's kind of, it's fun. Um, and then uh, simultaneously, after not getting any TV work, which is how I made my bread and butter for many, many decades, uh, I got a little TV work this past week working my own stomping grounds out of 30 rocks. So I was balancing this part-time job plus kind of another part-time job uh, at NBC Universal, which was, um, you know, could could lead to something else. Uh, my fingers are crossed, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just kind of riffing here, guys. No agenda. Just <laughs> so bear with me. But yeah, so it's just, it's a weird time because here like I, I've been a TV producer you know the podcasting is just a hobby it maybe pulls in a couple hundred bucks here or there which is great you know when it does but I just do this as an outlet it, it helps put my name out there but the TV business is going through what I think like the record business went through like you know 10 15 years ago where it's just it's just dead you know it's it, it, it was sad because I went into this company that I used to work at and it seemed like it was a shell of what it used to be. Having said that, they might be doing something really cool. My fingers are crossed, and I, I hope if they do, I, I kind of uh, am able to get involved. But, you know, things have moved on. People stream stuff. People don't watch TV like they used to. I'm sure some of you have even ditched your cable. You know, you're just doing streaming now, which I get. My kids don't, they, you know, they don't, they don't do any on, you know, tune-in television it's all YouTube on demand, you know, stuff. So, yeah, it's a different world out there. And, yeah, I'm trying to just kind of, you know, all the, I'm not alone. A lot of other TV producers and writers and people, their, their work has dried up too. And, and that gives me some comfort. But but still, it's like, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm definitely, in my opinion, I'm past middle age at this point. Anyone who who is in their, you know, late 40s who tells you their middle age is, is crazy because most of us aren't going to live to be 100 you know so you kind of just have to 
figure it out. And that's kind of where I'm at. So, yeah, <laughs> just talking here. Probably not making much sense, but trying to keep it honest. Um, yeah, so we'll see. It's just uh, just just trying to try some new things, stay positive, and that's that's where I'm at with with life right now. You know, um, Derek Sivers, who is a guy I've known for a long time, started his his own podcast, which is kind of weird. It's like each episode's like four minutes long. I've probably some of you out there wish my episodes were four minutes long, but um, you know, uh, can podcasts be four minutes long? I think it's weird, but anyways. He he wrote an article on his blog if the you know, the clothes don't fit anymore. That's where I kind of got that from. So, but he his his blogs are interesting, you know. So if you have a chance, check him out. He's a guy I went to high school with, and we played in a band together when I was like fifteen. He went on to found this company, CD Baby, which he sold for many many millions of dollars to disc makers. And I I am very proud to say that my CD, you know, I was a musician, still am for that matter was the first CD ever for sale on CD Baby. So I, I feel maybe I should be entitled to some of uh, some of that. <laughs> Just kidding. No, Derek, Derek deserves it all. He worked hard with CD Baby. I saw him build that company from the ground up. Sometime maybe I'll tell that story. I don't know how interesting it is, but I, I think I have a unique perspective on uh, the rise of, of CD Baby, which is still out there. If you're a musician, you know, no one likes CDs anymore. But if you are a musician, CD Baby, even though Derek's not involved anymore, what they can do for your band is get you on the streaming services, which is where it's where it's at nowadays. So definitely uh, check out CD Baby if you're if you're a musician and you want to get your music out there. I think it's easier than ever, you know, nowadays. So that's that. That's that. That's kind of where we're at. I did want to remind everybody we do uh, an additional podcast. It's you have to pay for it, though. It's every Friday, every single Friday, the Mark Striegel podcast. And that's exclusively for our friends on Patreon. And all you got to do is $2 a month. $2. I mean, that's nothing. And and you get a podcast every Friday. So check us out on Patreon. Just search Talking Metal or Mark Striegel. I come up. All right. And on that note, I did want to mention that uh, Rob Halford has a new holiday album out a second holiday album i mean rob really must be into christmas and the holidays because here he is with another holiday album it's kind of weird you know in a in a way i I don't know it seems seems odd rob halford christmas music heavy metal christmas music but it sounds pretty good i mean i actually listened to it thinking oh god but i got into it man i i was digging it i was digging it and this is donner and blitzen off the new Rob Halford Christmas album.
Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Guys, obviously, I am a ramble fest today with no agenda whatsoever. No notes, no nothing. Usually, I, I like to plan things out. No interviews, which is a relief, which is a relief, honestly. The interviews, the, I, I enjoy doing them, and I don't think a lot of people, maybe you do, I, there's a lot of work that goes into these, especially when I'm interviewing somebody that I, I don't know anything about. Like, like seriously, like I know nothing about and I'm doing it because I'm being pressured by a publicist. At the end of the day, I, I, I really don't make much money doing this. So it's like I don't, I don't want it to feel like a job. So I've been blowing off a lot of interviews. I want to hear what the people on Patreon, like who, who you people want me to interview. And that's why, Patrick, again, I'm definitely going after Brian from uh, Diamond Head. I'm going to try to, my best to hook that up. I, I haven't tried yet. I've been very slow, and I appreciate your patience. So I am gonna I'm gonna go after him because he's never been on the podcast. I mean that's that's a pretty significant player, you know, Diamond Head, very influential band. I mean, when you think of the the new wave of British heavy metal, I mean, wh- who do you think of? I think of Diamond Head, Saxon, Maiden, Tigers of Pantang, right? That's what they were called. Uh, trying to think of who else, Angel Witch, maybe Raven. Um, Def Leppard, you know, early Def Leppard, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, Diamond Head, definitely one of the biggest out of that movement, a band that was really kind of, we probably wouldn't talk much about them anymore, but the fact that Metallica covered them, a couple of their songs, really, um, or what, three songs? I need to check that. It's Electric, right? They did that. They did, of course, Am I Evil? Um, and the, the, there is a third one. It's slipping my mind at the... At the moment, um, yeah, I gotta check that. But anyways, uh, whew, yeah. So just just riffing here. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's uh, that's. <laughs> it's Monday. I'm gonna try to get this up on Tuesday. I know I was uh, I was slacking, you know. So let's uh, let's do one more uh, tune here. This is this is the Prince. This is another one of those Diamond Head tunes that Metallica covered, but instead of listening to the Metallica version, let's hear the original here on Talking Metal. The Prince by Diamond Head. Alright, a little Diamond Head here on Talking Metal and I just am seeing right now, hitting Blabbermouth, that uh, excuse me, the disgusting burp. I, I <laughs> And they're extra disgusting with this good microphone I have, I've noticed. Just on Blabbermouth just now, the K.K. Downing, Les Binks, Tim Ripper Owens, and David Ellefson um, concert that took place in the U.K. Uh, the set list has been posted and some clips from the show. So this this is a big deal because this is, you know, K.K. Downing returned to the stage earlier at Bloodstock, I believe it was, with Ross the Boss and definitely proved that he's, in my opinion, st- still got it. And so now he went on to recently play this show so the set list is insane guys uh they played riding on the wind by priest the green man alishi running wild beyond the realms of death exciter metal gods uh, before the dawn uh, between the hammer and the anvil i mean helping for leather take on the world uh, and breaking the law of course living after midnight and others that's not even the whole thing go check it out on blabbermouth and i'm gonna listen right now I guess you guys won't hear this because it's coming through my headphones, but I'm going to play 
I'm going to play it right now. What do I want to hear? Let's see. They have a couple clips. Here's Running Wild. I'm just going to listen to a little of this and comment. Okay. So the clip starts off right in the middle of KK's guitar solo for Running Wild. And I'm listening. Oh, man. He looks great, guys. And it's a YouTube clip, so it's hard to tell, but... Okay, it was a, sh- a shorter clip. It was like not the full thing. Ripper sounds good too, man. Okay, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, KK has still got it. Here, maybe I should pull the uh, let me pull the headphones out and see what happens. I don't know if you can hear that or not. Anyways, let's just say that KK has still got it. I mean, they need him back in Priest. I mean, give me a break. I mean, I know the book, they were, the Blabbermouth tried to make it like they were. he was trashing the band. He doesn't really. I think it's an honest book. I thought it was a great read, by the way, KK Downing's autobiography. Listen to this. Holy shit. Yeah, KK has still got it. He's just shredding. He looks great. I mean, what? He's, what is he, 70? He's got to be pushing 70. Late 60s? Wow. Oh, R- Ripper Owen sounds good too, man. I would totally go see this tour. I don't know, like, how much they could demand from the clubs. Because let's face it, it would be a club act if they toured in the in the states. But I would totally. Oh wow, <laughs> jumping. Yeah. Cool. It's 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 cool, man. All right, I'm gonna put my headphones back in, and which will probably let's see, is it gonna mess up GarageBand? Check check check. Can check. you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yep. Still working. Okay. Cool. I wanted to end with my friend Joe Ryan had um suggested he's he's one of our patrons by the way and he suggested a kind of a cool idea for a new steg a segment called question mark <laughs> joe i love this idea i love this idea so let's uh let's consider this i don't know basically it would be you guys just reading something into your phone and question mark anything uh, it's not stump the trunk I, i'm don't you know I'm going to give you an answer. It might be wrong, but what I can guarantee with question mark is it's not like who played drums on, you know, such and such a record. It's not that. It's just throw a question at me. Any question, I will try to answer it as as knowledgeable and honestly, which those two things don't always go hand in hand, obviously, as possible. So I, I and I got to figure out how to play these. Like, all right, I think what I'm just going to do is hold up the cell phone for now but I guess if you emailed them to me at markettalkingmetal.com I could then just pull them into uh, the the editing software I'm using and, and respond to them in real time kind of like I used to with the phone messages remember when we had the phone line opened and Jerry from Long Island would call up and leave messages and stuff 
it's a little bit production wise, a little bit of a pain in the ass, but but let's do it. Let me let me let me look here for Joe's question, and I will answer it as honestly as possible. Um, Joe Ryan, let's see. All right, here we go. He all right. See, I hope I hope you can hear this. Hey, this is Joe Ryan from Orange County, California, and I'd like to question Mark. Mark, I need a little bit of help here. I'm a huge Ghost fan. Yeah, me too. But I'm a little confused about these different Papa characters. I'd appreciate it if you could just explain these Papa characters a little bit. All right. Thanks. Okay, cool. So, do we want to do this, guys? Do we want to uh, <laughs> do we want to do this segment? Question mark. Let me know. But uh, all right. So, Joe, here's the deal. I am not as nearly as knowledgeable as some of these hardcore freaks. Having said that, I do know a little bit about it. So Ghost is a band, obviously, and they put out great music. I love their music. But there's this whole story that a lot of people are really into that goes along with the um, the music. Okay, so, so the guy who's behind all this is Tobias Forge. And before we actually knew who Tobias was... He was a character within, he was playing the part of a character, and it was almost Kiss-like, like no one knew that, that Papa Emeritus was Tobias Forge. It was, it was extremely secret. That was eventually explo- uh, exposed. Nurgle from uh, Behemoth posted something. I don't think he meant to out Tobias, but he posted something, and people started figuring it out. And Tobias used to do interviews. He'd put a, on a nameless ghoul mask and do interviews as a, as the ghoul. So in some ways, he was playing numerous different parts in the band. But okay, so the Papa characters is your question. So the band started, again, and every one of these lead singer characters that we're going to talk about, the Papa Emeritus's and Cardinal Copia, are all played by Tobias Forge. So it's all the same that's why they all sound have a similar voice. But so when the first record came out, it was Papa Emeritus. Then with the second record, it was announced that Papa Emeritus was gone, and they were had Papa Emeritus the second. So uh, that that was that. And then Papa Emeritus the third took over for the Meliora Mel, Melora Meliora album. I've I have problems with the pronunciations. And uh, then what happened was at the end of that tour, um, this guy, Papa Nil, who is an older-looking Papa, although I, Papa Miritus II was kind of, he had an older look about him too. But Papa Nil came out, and Papa Nil uh, pulled Papa Miritus III off the stage. It was then somehow in the story, and there's videos and stuff online which deal strictly with the story. Uh, it, it was determined that Papa Nil was actually the father of Papa Emeritus, Emeritus II, and Emeritus III. Okay, and then there's the sister woman who has appeared in a lot of the the videos, the, the uh, what would you call them, theatrical videos two uh, concept videos about the storyline. And it turns out we assume she's the mother, okay? So it was then, and and she seems to be the dominant character in the clergy, more so than Papa Nell, who was the father of, again, the Papa Emeritus characters. So they announced that they were killing Papa Nell's three sons, and 
when they did the next tour, they brought in the sister, brought in this guy, Cardinal Copia, who was an outsider. You know, he he wasn't bloodline like like the Papa characters were. So Papa uh, Cardinal Copia, who's the guy who just wrapped up the current tour, um, he he again was brought in by the sister. But we saw in his reign in the band for whatever it was, a year and a half or so, we we saw towards the end his his power kind of dim a little bit. And that was with the two recent songs that were released were called uh, Kiss the Go-Goat and Mariana Cross. So these two songs, as the story goes, were recorded back in 1969, and they were released... Uh, so we're now finding out that Ghost has this long, long fictional history going all the way back to the 60s. And they were released as the 50-year anniversary. And it turns out that Papa Nil, the father of the three Papas who have since been executed um, and beheaded, or not beheaded, I guess just killed um, in the story, <clears throat> that he was once the, the singer of Ghost. <laughs> if you're following all this. And Papa Nil has been appearing recently in the tours he's the guy who comes out and plays the saxophone the older gentleman who they bring out and he has like a breathing machine and cane and uh, you know walker i'm convinced that the saxophone is completely tracked by the way during the during the ghost shows uh, he's definitely not really playing the saxophone in my humble opinion so that that's so and then we saw this, and I mentioned this to Tobias on one of the recent T-shirts they were selling that Papa Nil and the sister were firmly in the front seat of this car with Cardinal Copia. This is artwork in the back seat, and there's symbolism behind that. That's kind of telling you that okay, the people calling the shots are not uh, is n- it's definitely not Cardinal Copia, and now it's been revealed that there's possibly going to be another Papa. I don't know how confirmed this is. I know Loudwire and Krang and stuff are saying it's happening, that another Papa is going to be coming in for the next phase of Ghost, which is a ways off. They have Ghost have one show in Mexico, I believe it is, in early 2020, and we should watch that show to see if there's some, you know, dramatic exit for Cardinal Copia, or maybe they in, intro, intro some new character there. Uh, maybe it's Papa the Fourth, I don't know. But uh, Joe, <laughs> that's a long answer. So it's kind of complex. But I guess let me summarize the the basic thing is, and it's thought that the, maybe the sister was the the father of 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 Papa the Papa Emeritus characters. So we had Papa Emeritus one, two, and three were then killed. Cardinal Copio was then brought in. He's not blood. He's not the bloodline. He's so Papa Nil didn't really like him, but the sister wanted to bring him in. In he was more theatrical, if you will. Uh, and then said that maybe we're going to, and you know, there was definitely, if you look at the way the Cardinal runs around the stage it, compared to the Papa characters who kind of just walk slowly around the stage there, you know, he definitely puts some thought into this and some acting, if you will, when I say he, I mean, Tobias. So long winded a- answer. Um, but yeah, let's summarize. So there were three Papas, uh, four, if you include Papa Nil, also kn- Papa Nil is also known as Papa Zero. And he's the older guy, like in his 90s or something, and or 80s, I don't know. Then there's the sister. Yeah, so it's a whole story. You can go watch the videos, try to figure it out yourself. I'm sure there's somebody else who's probably listening to this right now saying, what are you saying? Isn't accurately correct. Well, all right. 
I, I, I haven't studied it like I studied Star Wars. All right, so there you go. Thank you, Joe. Let's end with some Ghost, okay? Guys, thanks for listening. I love this song. It's called Year Zero by Ghost. <laughs>